Term four is now underway for all states other than Tasmania and South Australia, who have their first week back next week. Richard has certainly enjoyed a well-earned break, uh, having the first of his two weeks in Hawaii. Uh, But here in the ABSA office, we've been actively promoting the It's All About Culture online boarding conference, which starts on Wednesday, the 26th of October, and the Term 4 certificate course, Creating a Safe Cultural Environment for Indigenous Boarding Students, which starts next Thursday. Registrations are still open for both of these. This week on the podcast, I spoke with ABSA Administration Coordinator, Kim Abrahams, and we spoke all about Kim's journey from growing up, studying accounting at university, completing her CPA, uh, and Kim shared about her previous positions, including being a corporate investigator. Uh, it was so cool to hear, hear her speak about that. Uh, it was awesome to hear Kim's passion for the education of her three children at St. Peter's here in Brisbane. Uh, we discussed how being a parent has provided her with learning curves and what she was able to, to bring to the workforce from that. Uh, Kim spoke about her role at ABSA and how it came about, um, whether she's actually enjoyed the last 12 months working with all of us. Uh, But finally, we discussed a number of Kim's travel stories, which I'm sure will make us all jealous. So thanks to you, Kim, uh, and I hope everyone enjoys this week's episode. Welcome and welcome. We're about to launch into the ABSA podcast series called On Duty. Thank you for joining. Here we go. So welcome back, everyone, to the ABSA podcast series called On Duty. Today, speaking with a very special guest, again, here in the office, uh, we have ABSA employee and our very important administration coordinator, office manager, Kim Abrahams. Kim, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jared. So, Kim, today is it's special because... No doubt so many of our members are super keen to listen to this and learn more about you uh, because you're generally speaking the first point of call for everyone. You're the first person they speak to, the first person that the email comes from. Uh, so they'll certainly be looking forward to, to getting to know you a little bit better. So we'll start with your, your growing up. Um, I know you're, you're a Bundaberg girl. Yes, grew up in Bundaberg. I was born in Maribara, to be specific. Um, and grew up in Bundaberg for most of my schooling, apart from a few time away where we travelled for my father's work. We lived in Victoria around Mitter Mitter in the building of the Dartmouth Dam and then also outside of Bundaberg at Mondrum, which was the Mondrum Dam, but mostly Bundaberg, mostly with a year in Biloela. Biloela? Mm. Did you enjoy your time at school? Yes and no. I found school to be a means to an end. So it was growing up regional Queensland, not a lot to do. So school was pretty much the only thing uh, of interest, I guess, in life. Um, So, yeah, it was a means to an end to me. I always knew that Bundaberg was not going to be my forever home, that I I would leave and that would be through university study. And you went to Rocky for university because yes. you completed a Bachelor of Business majoring in accounting. Did you enjoy that? Loved it. Really? Best years of my youth were spent in Rockhampton at Central Queensland University. Met some lifelong friends, met my future husband and had a great time. It was a fantastic foundation learning for my career. Little love blossom from uni, hey? Yes, yes, yes. We, <laughs> we met the way normal university students meet 
in a nightclub. <laughs> Your final year of uni, you were offered a postgrad. Were you excited about that? Yes, it was a, a graduate position with the Australian National Audit Office in Canberra. So I was lucky to be one of only a couple of people to get a job before they finished. So as soon as I finished university, I went to Canberra as a 20-year-old. Were you excited about that move? Very much so, because it meant I wasn't going back to Bundaberg. <laughs> not that I don't like Bundaberg. Love Bundaberg, but I love it as an older person, not as an 18-year-old. So you made the move to Canberra um, to obviously work as a grad at the Australian National Audit Office, like you've just mentioned. Tell us about that time of your life. It was fantastic. Um, I always, even my own children, recommend if someone has an opportunity to work in Canberra, especially as a graduate with one of the big departments, it's fabulous learning foundations. Um, they really look after you. They give you fantastic exposure. It doesn't matter which department you're in. You get to learn and see things that you would never normally see outside of Canberra. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I spent four years there. Yeah, cool. And during during that four years, I know you went on to complete your, your CPA. My sister's actually doing that at the moment, and I can just see that it's quite challenging. How did you manage doing that? Well, it, it was probably good that I was still young. Um, I When I moved to Canberra, I was 20, so I had a year working, focusing on, because it was a year graduate program. So I focused on that and working out what area I wanted to specialise in, and that ended up being audit. Uh, I started the CPA probably in my second year in Canberra, so it took roughly two years to complete. Um, it was good. I was young. Everyone was doing it. There was not really any other competing priorities, so we didn't really find it a challenge. It was just something we did as the next step of our learning. Did Daniel go with you to Canberra? He did. He came down um, and basically door knocked, as he would <laughs> tell you his story of moving to Canberra, and he door knocked um, to, to get a job. Uh, but... You know, the rest is history for him. He's gone on to bigger and better. So it served him well. Very humble beginnings. Yeah, yeah. You then moved to Brisbane, um, which I'm very keen to talk about. What brought this move on? Basically, uh, Daniel had got a job back in Brisbane. And at that stage, we were engaged, uh, yet to be married. And I'd been in Canberra for four years and we just felt that Canberra wasn't our forever home. Brisbane was it. So I left with leave and came to Brisbane and got a job at the Australian Securities and Investments Commission as a corporate investigator. Now, you sound really keen to talk about. <laughs> so tell me about your time as a corporate investigator. It was good. Loved it completely. It was um, a time where... Work was an exciting place to work within. So yeah. that was, it was in the 90s. Uh, we had a fantastic um, group of people that we worked with, from lawyers to AFP agents to corporate investigators. Uh, we worked with um, the public prosecutions on cases. We interviewed members of the public regarding corporate crime. Um, <laughs> 
put together briefs of evidence. It was a really good learning curve. Yeah, good. Really loved it and worked with a fantastic group of people. How long did you spend there? I was there for eight years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I was there until the point where I had my children yeah. and then felt it was time that to move on. To be a mother. To be a mother. Yes. Because you had twins uh, and you had a a career back break for 12 years but Mm. did a large amount of volunteer work. Um, What was your biggest learning curve when raising your children? I should mention you've got three children now, not just two. Yes. Yes. I've got uh, Hugh, who's uh, 22, turning 23 shortly, and I've got twin girls, Rachel and Estella, who are 20. My biggest... I guess advice and learning curve is as a young mum not to feel you have to follow what other people do to be a mum, to really be the mother you want to be. I mean, some people decide to go back to work. I knew that with the three kids, I really wanted to spend time with them and get to know them and them to have lots of good memories of our family time. So that's why both Daniel and I decided that I'd have the time away from work while they were young. And, you know, it ended up being 12 years, which was probably a little bit longer than we originally thought. But I wouldn't regret any of the time away from work. How did you manage twins? (laughs) As I say to everyone, I think I have the perfect children. They never caused me a moment of grief and they to this day haven't. And Touch wood, Kim. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And they've always been great kids. They were all great babies. Um, and the three of them were a good kind of tight little network together at home. Mm, that's good. What key learnings have you found as a, as a parent um, that you've been able to apply in a workplace? Listen to people. <laughs> I find in any workplace, and I do remember someone telling me this once, a workplace is like a kindergarten and if you take the lessons you've learned as a mother negotiating young children and take that into a workplace, a lot of the, I guess the situations are very similar. So you need to really listen to the person you're talking to, whether it's a new person you haven't met before, spend time to get to know them first and I guess let everyone tell their own story. Mm. Your three children all went to St. Peter's Lutheran College here in Brisbane, uh, one of, of course, of our boarding schools, however they were day students. Did they enjoy their time at St. Peter's? They loved their time at St. Peter's. Uh, the three of them all went from prep to year 12. Um, I think it's the best school in Brisbane, shall I say. <laughs> uh, they... It was their second home. They spent so many hours there. They probably spent just as many hours at school as they did at home. Um, They always had a fantastic, um, I guess, academic um, foundations. The, The religious foundations were also very good just for their moral upbringing, I guess, and keeping their moral compass in the right direction. Uh, They always had fantastic friends. Um, Families were always very welcoming to all children. 
teachers were always very supportive and I always found at St Peter's the teachers and the I guess the admin staff always had a good line of communication with the families mm. so it was a very positive experience throughout 13 years. <laughs> Bet you're glad that's over. <laughs> Financially yes <laughs> glad it's over. What, um, what made you choose St Peter's? I chose St Peter's because uh, my husband did want a religious element to their um, education. He grew up in South Africa, so he grew up as an altar boy and always had very strong foundations within the church. So I didn't have those foundations, so that's something he wanted. Uh, Having boys and girls, I wanted Mm. co-ed because I wanted my son to know my daughter's friends and I wanted my daughters to know my son's friends. So I wanted there to be a good integration. Mm. As a day family at the school, did you have much to do with the boarding community? Well, at St Peter's, the, the boarding houses are within the school. So the kids are surrounded by the boarding houses, really, like all their activities are walking past the boarding houses. Um, the boarders ate within the, the cafe refectory. I used to volunteer in the cafe refectory. So you'd always have exposure yeah. um, to the kids. Uh, they were always a very good, respectful, integrated group of children, I feel, at St Peter's. Mm-hmm. Um, the staff in the boarding houses were teachers in the school. One of my son's favourite teachers from uh, year eight was one of the boarding coordinators. So, And their friends were boarders played in the school, same sports teams, things like that. And then, you know, there'd always be someone who needed lift from the boarding house to sporting games, things like that. Mm. So, no, we had just general exposure, I guess. You've been working at ABSA for a year now. That's gone super quick. <laughs> it has gone super quick. How have, you, how have you found your time working at ABSA so far? It's been great. Um, I came to ABSA... I think probably you would say just by chance more than anything through an introduction um, with Richard and Tom. And it's been fantastic. I mean, I've always had a passion for young people and I always thought if I didn't work with young people through this, I would love to have helped them through their university application, some kind of um, link to helping young people educate themselves and advance themselves. So it's been nice to have a knowledge of how a boarding school operates um, coming into ABSA because that's helped me understand, you know, where the staff come from, the challenges they face and even just the families they probably interact with. Mm. And the reason why parents send their kids to a private school and then a boarding school. You um, you mentioned there that you really have a passion for young people. Other than that, what, what else made you want to work for ABSA? It was for me, it was... I was looking for, I was working part-time for several years um, with an online um, e-commerce business and that business was sold. So I was at a point where I was helping my husband with some of his, he's very much into entrepreneurial activities. Um, He was working for Bond University. So he was uh, supporting a lot of uh, 
young people who were trying to get their ideas off the ground. So I was assisting him with things like research and um, I guess just financial reporting, trying to help people get started. Uh, but it was it was something that it was more incidental. So I was looking to, my kids had finished school. I was looking for something that was a little bit more for me. Uh, and it was actually Daniel through his link with Bond introduced me to Richard and Tom. So that opportunity came to actually have, I guess, a chance to assist schools. And I felt like I had the, I guess, the credentials to be able to do it reasonably Absolutely. okay. I think I'm getting that. You do very, you, you both, you and Zali do very well to put up with Tom, Richard and myself, that's for sure, Kim. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> um, what key things uh, or is there any surprises have you, have you, have you learned so far about the boarding industry? That it actually is an industry. Mm. I probably never really thought of it as an industry. I probably always thought it to be within, within the school banner, like each boarding house was under the school banner in which it resided. Uh, but it's it's really not. It's not a academic um, or an administrative part of the school. It's providing a service to allow kids to be educated at the best standard that their families want them to be. And I think that's very important, mm. especially in Australia where, you know, rural schools don't always get the funding they deserve. Mm. This may be a, a difficult question to, to answer given that you didn't have children at boarding school. Mm. Um, but from what you've learned along the way and, and things like that, what are, I guess, a couple of recommendations that you might give to other parents who are planning on sending their children to boarding school? I, I would say do your research on the school, boarding school you choose, but then you have to trust. You have to trust your decision. You have to trust that you've chosen well and let the professionals do their job. I mean, you always have to be present. I think it's very important as a parent to always be present in your child's learning especially because you can't really hand that over to someone else. So you need to be aware regardless whether you're physically with them every day or whether you're remote, you still need to be aware what your kids are doing regarding their study periods, assignments, exams, um, things that are challenging for them, because I don't think that's something you can pass over to a tutor or a boarding house. <coughs> Well I think you have to be present in their learning. Well said. We'll keep moving on, Kim, because we're going to move on to what we call our fast five segment. Okay. So five okay. questions. Um, some are work-related, some aren't work-related. Okay. Yes. Question one. What do you love to do in your time off away from work? I love gardening. I would I wish I could be more creative. I'd love to learn to paint. But that's something that would have to come maybe in the future. So I love gardening, reading, and I love just spending time with my kids and my husband and extended family. Very good. Question two, your favourite food? Curry, Indian, hands down. Always number one choice. 
Question three, the most famous person you've had your photo taken with? Ah, <laughs> I was lucky enough to get a photo with uh, the Prince of Wales, William, as he now is. Um, tell, back, us, back, tell us about that. Okay. Tell us about that. That was, that was back before he um, got married to Kate. He came for a visit to Brisbane in the year before he got married, in the year that he did get married. And there was a particular cocktail function that certain people in Brisbane were able to get tickets to. So I have some good connections friend-wise and a very good friend got tickets for a group of us to go to this cocktail function. And as he was moving through the crowd, Daniel kind of just pushed me forward (laughs) and I just had to put my hand out and just by chance he grabbed it and said hello and was happy to do a bit of a shot with it. My grandmother kept that photo on her wall of the nursing home from the moment I gave it to her to the day she died. Wow. She was she was very proud. I'm not sure what everyone thought. But yeah, it was it was he was lovely. It was such a nice moment. I'm sure he's putting it all over his Instagram and Facebook as well. I'm sure not. (laughs) Uh, question four, your favorite holiday destination? Africa. Africa. Very good. Can you talk about that in a moment? Okay, Africa. Uh, and question five, your favourite movie? Favourite movie? Oh, my lordy. I guess the recent one that I, I watched was, um, oh, golly, Jared, I can't even think <laughs> that one. I'll have to come back to that question at the end. All right, no worries, Kim. Um you love your travel, um, and we've mentioned throughout the podcast that Daniel is from South Africa, um, and you've travelled to Africa a couple of times. You've also done India, Nepal, um, and some incredible highlights, which, of course, include rafting the Zambezi River in Zimbabwe. Uh, you've looked for the gorillas on the border of Uganda. You've been hosted in a brothel in Uganda while your vehicle is being fixed. Uh, you've been in Nairobi the same day that you landed. The U.S. Embassy was bombed by suicide bombers, and that's, of course, just to just to name a few. Um, you've certainly some had some incredible highlights from your from your travel, Kim. Where does your where does your love from trip for travel come from? I think I think I've always um, just loved the idea of adventure. I love the outdoors. Um, that's not to say I'm a hiker. But <laughs> uh, I just love seeing the the animals in Africa are just such a special thing, and we we always say we'd love to go back every year if we could, but mm. unfortunately that's financially not viable. <laughs> but we've been, you know, probably six times on holidays, so oh, we're wow. trying to see as much as we can. But uh, there's always another destination to go to. It's just something special about the wide open spaces. I love the Northern Territory as well, same mm. for the same reason. Mm. It's just the big skies, the the quiet there. You uh, you say you're not a hiker, but you've gone and booked a, a hiking trip with all of your girlfriends. Yes, <laughs> that's our what what I call our fifty turning fifty therapy. <laughs> so uh, yes, we're doing in May 2023. We're doing part of the Spanish Camino. Uh, so we're in training for that. The six of us, and we're all, I should say, parents from St Peter's. Very good. Yeah, that we're all friends where we met through the St Peter's connection. Yeah, awesome. Mm, so I'm looking forward to that. 
that'll be a fantastic trip. Um, you, I know with your love for travel, you've also tried to instill that with your children as well. Yes. Um, tell us about some of the trips you as a family really enjoyed. Uh, well, when we turned 40, we had planned for a, a good 18 months to always take the kids to Africa for our 40th. So we did that and we went for six weeks. Uh, we planned it extremely well. We've got a lot of good highlights in there. We caught a train from uh, Cape Town to Pretoria, which was a fantastic experience with the kids. At the time, they were 10 and 8. The girls were 8. Uh, we did... Um, safari trips in Botswana. We went on Makoros of uh, trying to avoid hippos. That was a little bit hairy <laughs> at times. Uh, we did light aircraft transfers through Botswana, which was fantastic, yeah, being yeah. able to see the landscape and the delta from the air. Um, we did horse riding safari. Uh, we've taken the kids back twice, actually. So the second time we actually were on a houseboat on the Zambezi River as well in, yeah. in Zimbabwe. So that was very special. Yeah. All the times are special. And I think we've put in a love of wildlife and the outdoors for the kids as well. Well, Kim, you're making everyone very jealous there of the, uh, of the Africa trip. Yeah. So, um, look, we'll keep moving on because that brings an end to our podcast chat today. And I just wanted to thank you so much for your time in, in sharing your journey with us. Um, we love what you do here at ABSA, um, so please keep up the great work and thank you for your time in recording this. Thank you, Jared. To all the listeners, thanks for joining this week. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on duty on the ABSA website, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of On Duty. We hope you enjoyed it. See you next week.